Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. St. Edward's is morning, so thank you. According to the reading from 2 Kings, Naaman was a great man. He had wealth, position, and was a mighty warrior. He was highly favored by his king, by his king, who was the king of Abram, which is now called Syria, <clears throat> and in many of uh, Bible translations is identified as Syria. So I will identify it as Syria. Syria. <clears throat> what is unusual is that he's also favored by the Lord, who gave him victory over the armies of Israel. However, Naaman has a terrible problem. He has a form of leprosy or a skin disease. And I imagine this has brought him great problems and, and just has caused him all kinds of heartache. In Israel, if he was a Jew, he would be considered an outcast, banned from interacting with anybody else in society and not allowed to worship in the temple. In his own country, he was a hero, but I can still imagine that some of his fellow countrymen would find his condition unsettling, maybe even revolting. During one of his battles with Israel, a young girl was captured and served as a slave for Naaman's wife. Since she was a child, a female, a slave, and a Jew, she would be considered as property occupying the lowest rung in any society of that day. <clears throat> we are not told what circumstances has brought her to be so favored highly by Naaman's wife, that she listens to her and tells her husband, if only my Lord were here with a prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. The, this little slave girl knows about the prophet Elijah, Elisha, and is not afraid to brag about his abilities. It seems that she has faith in God and in the power that God has given to Elisha and in hopes to cure his master, her master. I can imagine that Naaman has tried every doctor, every cure, and all kinds of prayers to the gods of his people trying to be healed of his affliction with no success. He is so desperate that he believes when, it, believes when his wife tells him about the prophet in Israel. He now has new hope for his healing. But as Syria and Israel are raiding each other's country and basically are at war, getting to know the prophet may prove difficult. Like a good soldier should, Naaman went to his commanding officer, who happened to be the king of Syria. He asked his opinion and advice on how to accomplish his mission. The king has a perfect solution. He will write a letter requesting aid from the king of Israel. We are not told what the Syrian king is thinking, but I bet the reaction of the king of Israel when he reads that letter was accurate. Am I God to give death or life that this man send word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. 
This may have been exactly what the king of Syria had in mind, a perfect excuse to invade Israel again when the king of Israel could not heal Naaman. Tearing your clothes in that part of the world indicated a time of grief and loss. It's as though the king had given up and was lamenting the loss of his kingdom, his country, and possibly his own life. Evidently, he did not have the safe, same faith in God that his little servant girl had and did not even know about Elijah, the man of God. The passage does not tell us how Elisha heard about the king's dilemma, but in a bit of irony, he tells the king, who should have known about Elisha, let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. It's interesting to note that Elisha did not even come out to greet those great men from the other country. He sent word for him to go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. Of course, Naaman was offended. He was a great man. He was offended so much that he was not going to do what Elisha had told him to do. But his faithful servants gave him good advice. He obeyed, and God healed him. Not only was he healed, but he was also made clean. I believe from that time on, he had a relationship with the true and living God. I believe that this is an interesting story, a bit of Middle East history. But it is more than that. Jesus referenced this event as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 27. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. There are several lessons that we can learn from this event that will aid us in our own Christian experience today. First, we observe that Naaman took gold and silver with him with the idea that he could or would have to buy his healing. But that's a false assumption. We cannot buy or bargain our way with God. I have observed many people who believe that we can do just that. Oh, God, let me win the lottery, and I'll give half to the church. Or, oh, God, heal me, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life, trying to sway God in their favor. Those are good sentiments, but God is not moved by our promises nor our wealth. After all, he owns everything, including you and me. He is moved by faith and obedience. Second, Naaman had to humble himself. Here was a great man next to the king of his country who had to listen to the advice of his wife and a little slave girl. He was snubbed by the prophet, had to listen to more advice from his other servants, and then had to wash in a dirty river, not once, but seven times. But he did it. He humbled himself, and he was healed. Not all of us are asked to be the next Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, John Wesley, or any other great evangelist and pastor. But all of us are called to be humble and serve in whatever capacity God needs at the moment. 
third, we note that God works through all of his created humans, not just kings and rulers, the highest of the high, but also with servants, servants, lepers, men, women, boys, girls, any of those considered the lowest of the low, so from the highest to the lowest and everyone in between. He works with dictators, kings, queens, presidents, Democrats, Republicans, independents. He works with everyone. He works with our friends. He works with our enemies. He uses whomever will listen to his voice and obey him. This means that God uses me and you to carry out his mission here on earth. We are his representatives regardless of our status. We must work in whatever place and whatever circumstance we find ourselves. If you have accepted Jesus as your savior, you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God. We have to live by the commandments he has given to us. We have to proclaim him as savior and as God. We have to love everyone. Then everyone will know that there is a God, that the Bible is true, and that there will be a time of judgment and a time of reward. Amen. Please stand. Let's reaffirm our faith by saying together the Nicene Creed. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.